All right, Neil DeGrade of Dirt Poor Robbins. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing very well today. It's always good to see you. I appreciate that a lot. Well, yeah. I'm excited to, to chat with you today because you got some new stuff coming out. Um, so why don't you just, uh, you might as well say it um, and get it over with. Let the people know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh, here comes the plug right in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, it's called uh, Prelude to Firebird. And Prelude to Firebird is basically the first four songs, um, maybe the first four songs, uh, that close to the first four songs at least anyway, of our new record Firebird, which comes out um, later in the year. Uh, so I didn't, I don't like making people wait, Derek. I don't like they, people are asking me, they get excited when new stuff's coming out and uh, I don't like to make a whole record and then sit on it and then release it. So, you know, I got four songs done and I'm, I'm letting out an EP early. Uh, to keep people interested until August, September, when the rest of it comes out. So that's what it is. And now we're returning to the Dead Horse universe. Anybody who's familiar with our record Dead Horse? Uh, oh. We're, we're yeah. returning and telling a story within that world. Okay. So a couple of years ago, you come out with the, the deluxe version of the Dead Horse full album. Um, right. And if I remember right, you did an EP like prelude or three of them leading up to it. So is it going right. to be kind of similar to that? Well, so this is really more of a two-act thing. Um, so it will be similar, but there will be a couple small differences. One, Dead Horse had to be, it was such a long record, the deluxe edition, that it had to be put on double vinyl. And it just gets expensive. More can, more can go wrong. Okay, more can go wrong with that. And then trying to, I don't know if you've ever worked with vinyl, but trying to get the exact right amount of music on each side is uh, can be a little bit of a hassle. So I planned for that this time. So the full record uh, will be nine songs. And it will be on a single vinyl. There will be a deluxe edition, which has all these like sort of talking, like transition memoir sections mm-hmm. and a couple of extra songs. So that'll come out next year. Um, so the uh, with the with the actual vinyl for the nine songs. So because that vinyl takes six months to make um, at least now. So the uh, that'll be the thing. So it basically the full record. For the vinyl, that version with all nine songs will be out later uh, this year. And then the uh, the deluxe version will be next year with vinyl sales. So, yeah. And so we've returned to, uh, so with Queen of the Night, um, you know, I didn't realize how starved I was for color. And so the, <laughs> uh, the new record is just an absolute blast of color in in, in every way possible. Um, from the tones being used to the uh, images that are being represented to the lyric videos. Oh, man. Um, Watch you know, out, folks. Neil is untethered. I'm untethered in the world of color. And also, um, you know, like Dead Horse had a little bit more of the synth wave um, kind of vibe where there were uh, a little bit more 80s tones and synth tones. And uh, uh, this this record takes that even to a deeper level. So there's going to be a lot more of that. Yeah. So, OK, so the timeline. Gosh, it feels like just yesterday that you came out with the, the modern silent film. Uh, queen of the night and yes. all of a sudden it's like boom all of a sudden there's new stuff like yeah i get bored yeah. <laughs> so the, the 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 movie if you haven't seen a queen of the night you should check it out it's on our youtube channel um but that uh that film is still the way films work it's just going to be going it's going to be doing this thing for a while so um you know the record's out and it's streaming it's doing very well um you know uh the song enchante is taking off faster than anything we've ever had take off for us so that's been great um, we're in some film festivals coming up. And so that's kind of the long uh, haul getting the word out there is being in film festivals, still talking about it. So it'll probably have as an independent film, like another year 
to year and a half of me still kind of promoting it in the background and doing things with it in the background while I uh, move on to other music. Well, I know you're on the East Coast. Any film festivals or anything happening on the West Coast? Oh, I wish. Well, I won't go if there is. So, oh. um, you know, we already mm. we already been to Australia with it. So, um, oh. you know, so that's, that's uh, cool. yeah, yeah. So that's about as I don't think we can get any further than that. So the West Coast would be close, a closer stop. OK, folks, you got to go to the East Coast if you want Derpore Robbins um, live interaction. Oh, yeah, there it is. Well, we got some other places we're going to be in some conferences and we're going to be in London in October and uh, the Keys in November. And there's a bunch of things coming up. So if you follow us, you can, you can hear about all those things. Um, Where's the best place to follow you guys? Uh, I would probably say, well, YouTube one, because I it allows you to post now YouTube and Spotify because Spotify um is where most of the people are listening now. Uh, you know, more than half of our audience is on Spotify. And so following us on Spotify means you won't miss out on anything new we put out. Um, YouTube's great because um, that I, that's the music is being presented on YouTube the way I hope it would be presented. Meaning that when I was a kid, I would just stare at like album jackets. Like I have the Dead Horse cover around here somewhere. But uh, I remember Queen was one of those bands where like this 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 record, uh, uh, News of the World, um, came out and uh, I was just, you know, a little kid. I had it. I think it was already out for a while. And I would just stare at this robot, this Isaac Asimov like style drawing on it um, from one of his book covers. And I would just trip out listening to the music. And there was something about that that you can do with YouTube now. So I have these kind of square lyric videos coming out um, that really kind of add like that cinematic dimension of visual uh, beyond just a standard lyric video that just gives you the lyrics. Like it's it's going to give you a little added little at a kick in the pants to take you into the music a little further. So I, I think that's where it's to be preferred. If you want to follow us and just find out updates, Facebook or Instagram and Twitter, I uh, use Twitter the least because uh, people on Twitter are the meanest. So uh, yeah. <laughs> that's why I kind of, I'm like, oh, not that I get so offended by being mean, but it's just like, you don't want to have to sit there and, and navigate a fight just because you posted a song with a synthesizer and someone didn't like synthesizers, you know? So, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, so you know what? That reminds me. I, I just realized the other day that, um, I'm a whole lot like my dad and how he approaches going to the store when I go to Twitter. When he goes oh. to like say Walmart to like buy a, a classic car magazine and a loaf of bread, he goes directly there, gets what he needs to, pays as quickly as he can and gets out. And oh I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like my dad going to Walmart or something like that when I go to Twitter. Um so uh so uh Bo Burnham had this little vignette in uh his uh netflix special um inside did you see that i'd have not oh man you need well it was even more timely back during the pandemic but um part of it he's talking about how like you know it was a he's being sarcastic but he's talking about how he's learned the real world is uh too dangerous and that the the isolated world online is the real space we're meant to live and so that to go out in the real world you need to mask up and suit up and and put on breathing apparatus and you know and like deep dive so uh I love that thing, but I actually I realize that's the opposite of how I see the world in the sense that I see the online world as fraught and troublesome and not natural environment for me and not necessarily a healthy environment for me. And uh, so I get in and I get I get out just like that exact same thing. I think about spending time in the online world or even when I have to go and like promote ourselves, like I kind of detach myself put myself in my little submarine I go out and do it and I go back and I live my life with my family and the people who go to church with me and the people yeah. at my coffee shop 
And uh, I'm, you know, it's I'm funny. More, more about being in person. Neil, whenever I picture you, like during the lockdown era, when everybody had to like wear masks just to function outside, I always picture you in that like submarine helmet behind you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I did some things like that when I went out. <laughs> um, yeah, I well, it's a co- it was like a costume change. So I had this one. It was basically would turn the rest of my face into a lion, and it did a pretty good job at that. Um, and especially with the beard. And so, uh, but I would tuck the mask into my mouth so I could make the lion mouth move when I would talk. <laughs> so, and I do have, I don't have them with me, but I have these lion glasses that went with it. So I would turn it into a costume. I, you know, if you're going to have to do it, make make the most fun of it. Um, you know, I wasn't one of the people who was, who was totally convinced that it was going to do anything. But uh, I was like, well, you know, um, <laughs> what am I going to do? Not go anywhere. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I hate that sort of exchange. And I, and I kind of deal with that sort of exchange. Like there, there is this weird bargain happening in the world where we're constantly if, if people pay close attention, it's that they're being asked to do something and they will comply, but they won't comply happily because they're afraid they're going to lose something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, you end up losing like yourself and, and a little bit of your life doing that more than the thing you were afraid of losing. So if you pay close attention to the modern world, there is there is this sort of like societal control and governmental control uh, and media control that's, that's on a different level than it was when I was growing up and uh, or even 10 years ago. So that, um, you know, I think that that's this is a problem and it's really actually informing and influencing, I think, our storytelling Mm. unconsciously i just noticed that i'm stuck on these themes like i I don't like how politicized conversations have gotten the world's gotten every every issue can become an issue where you know tempers go to a hundred you know in a second zero to a hundred in a second so it's everything's too personal and people are too fragile um there's something about something to be said about taking care of people and paying attention to the words you're using and being encouraging um but there's also something to said being said about like you know being bulletproof when it comes mm-hmm. to you got to be above flattery and you've got to be um you've got to be above uh the insults so uh there's something that's too fragile about the world and i think that like some one of the problems i'm trying to work out is i'm trying to help people like have a deeper connection to meaning and uh be strong enough to you know not be tossed to and fro by every wave and every change that's happening in the world and every fad Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, people, I think people are exhausted. I think people are, um, they're disconnected and disembodied. And, um, you know, I think that whether I mean to or not, I'm just writing the stuff that's coming to me and, and Kate. And we're on mm-hmm. the totally on the same page. It's like when we're done with the songs and we look at it, we're like, man, we're not particularly happy with the condition of the world. Um, it, it's, yeah. it starts to be reflected. Yeah. At the same time, I think this record gives more hope than anything we've ever done. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, on that. So it's just interesting how you're talking about the state of the world. And then if you consider the timing of when you wrote Dead Horse, yeah, it's like you wrote that before 2020, right? Or what was the timeline on that? Yeah, so Dead Horse, the story is probably 2018, started recording in 2019. Um, and the last song for that was written and right as the pandemic started, you know, cause you have to get pretty far ahead on a song. I like to have a song done for a while. Uh, there are exceptions to this, but I like to have a song done for a while and like sit with it. And then after, you know, a couple of months of being like, I don't want to change anything anymore. Or I really, you know, I can't forget this song it keeps coming back to me uh, or I keep going back to it. I will record it, mm-hmm. um, and, and integrate it into the story. So, um, that's, uh, that's what happened in that. And so I think that, I don't know, we're not the only ones. I mean, I think a lot of people saw it coming. I think there was, um, 
there was, you know, if you just you look at trajectories of things, like if I throw a ball across a room or towards a window, it's before the ball hits the window that you're like, oh, my gosh, that's going to hit the window. Yeah, you can see the trajectory. yeah. Yeah. So um, this sort of safety first kind of culture mm. um, and then also safety based on a very narrow source of information, a source of information that has incentive to slant it and skew it a certain way, you know, as the media does, every media outlet has this. I mean, they're in the entertainment business at the end of the day. So they have to keep us engaged. Uh, They have to keep sponsors. Um, They have to stay true to their core audience. And because of these things, um, you know, I don't think, I don't think we're ever really seeing the world outside of our own life as it is at Mm. all. It's it's someone else's hallucination they're presenting with us. um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just find it interesting that you did that before. And if anybody has listened to it, looked at the lyrics, the content of Dead Horse, it's like, there's no way that they wrote this before 2020. But now, you know, 2020, 2021 happened. Uh, We're in the year 2023. And all of a sudden, now you're you're producing more content, more music in this Dead Horse universe, universe. Right. But you have all of this history now of like the world kind of acting out this story yeah. slash music that you uh, you came up with before. So now that you have the history in mind, what was it like writing new uh, new songs in this universe? So I wrote the story and the songs and I realized as soon as I started that it was an extension of the universe. It wasn't like I set out to do that. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, Kate, uh, Kate definitely gave me a, a lot of help on this and there's some more co-writing on this than there has been, uh, recently she's had a little more time to help. Um, and so, uh, she really informs the process good. And it's really good to have someone there to go back and forth with. But again, I think like the story generation sort of happens unconsciously in the sense that, um, you know, in a non-propagandistic way, I mean, it's easy to say that about yourself. I'm not delivering propaganda. Um, but it's just like one thing falls after another and things hit you as profound as they come to you. And you realize that with your art, you're like implicitly working out some internal problems and some things that are frustrating you. And it just comes out as a story is the answer, almost like a dream does at the end of the day. Um, and so basically that's, um, that's one of the things we're working at. So the weird thing about this story is uh well one for the dead horse world like things keep coming true people send me send me stuff all the time like a couple weird things happened this year where there was a crash ufo in dead horse and they collected the fuselage literally in dead horse they collected the smoldering fuselage and took it away and uh you know, so that was funny and then someone just sent me a video the other day of like someone created like the first ai like saints um, where that you can have Thanks. a conversation with like one's a Christian monk, the wow. other one's a Buddhist monk. And with the chat program, you can just talk to them and they'll give you their sort of cliche um, answers. But, you know, part of the Saints in, in Dead Horse series was these like moral therapeutic robots that um, they're supposed to like be our guides. And really they're right. doing what everything has to do is that people have become so insecure because they don't have a larger narrative they're attached to and they don't know they don't think they're here for a reason necessarily they become so insecure mm. that uh everything around them needs to constantly affirm 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 and when there's really that's an inexhaustible problem to yeah. put yeah. it that way um and so also it makes you insane to constantly be affirmed all the time like that's 
your 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 actions that are off colored, off put, ill fitting, that don't fit the decorum, need to be uncomfortable for you so you can improve. And someone, yeah, yeah. imagine to someone affirming everything you've done. I've been around the celebrities where that's happened. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible to see. Um, mm. you know. But anyway, so the uh, the the record like death by flattery. Yes, death by flattery. So you know, Neil, new- I just I have to add one more example. Okay, uh, forgive me, I didn't send this to you uh, because. Well, actually, it happens in Andor, Star Wars Andor. Did you ever get a chance oh. to watch that? Well, the problem is I bought Disney Plus for a year and I was not going to renew it because I never watched it. And then finally, um, the, my subscription ran out as soon as Andor came out and people were like, watch Andor. And so I was like, I don't I just don't want like I don't I. I want I shape the world with you shape the world with your money. And I just don't like what Disney's doing. I think they're just they've lost their storytelling ability completely. And uh it just it's just content. So I don't want to give I don't want to support them for that. I want them to get back to like make something beautiful and let the money follow. Except when Disney gets back to that, yeah. When Disney gets back to enchantment, like, right? Like I will literally the title of one of their movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, they're disenchanting all their stories. They're inverting them and flipping them, and it's not better. Uh, they're doing it for political reasons, but before I ever get to being ob- objecting for political reasons, um, it's I'm bored. Like, I don't even get that far in their content before I'm like, oh, this is stupid. You know, they're forcing their politics down there. I don't even get there. I'm just like, this is just bad storytelling. It's insipid. Like, I think yeah. ChatGPT is writing everything for him or something. It's all the same. It's all the same. So anyway, I don't need to, I don't want to offend you if you mm. like the Mandalorian or whatever, or, but Andor was yeah. probably good. I agree. It was probably good. I'm just not going to give Disney my money because they made one good show. I don't go to a sewer just because it gives fresh water off once a year. Um, mm. you know, to drink. So, so Neil, you put your foot down. You I put, put my foot down. We don't. We don't really go to the parks. We go to Universal still, but we don't go to Disney because I don't live that far from these things. Um, right. Well, I feel bad for Andor because it's guilty by association. Oh yeah, fortunately. For sure. Uh, but what happened in Andor? Oh, so the one thing I didn't like is that we we never really got the glory days of the Republic, right? So like, yeah. Luke, like Episode Six happens, the Master Jedi, you know. And it's like, as soon as that happened, victory, finally, they, they defeated the impossible, right? Evil was defeated. Yeah. The Empire fell. The Ewoks sing their new hit song. And, and of course, yeah, yeah nothing yeah. like celebrating yeah. with the Ewoks. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and, then uh, and then, like, as soon as that happened, it's just like the Republic happened. There's no glory days. It's like immediately suck. Like, they just can't run the galaxies. And oh, yeah. No, that's so right. That's, of course, that part's disappointing. <laughs> but right. one of the scenes that they showed was, because um, they do a really good job of showing, not telling in Andor. And one of the things is that uh, they have like this reassignment program for people that are ex-Empire, which is really well thought out. You're like, what happened to all the millions of employees, um, people serving the Empire? It's like mm-hmm. they had to do something positive. So they kind of had this like reassignment program. But in the reassignment program, they had a therapist that was a robot. And the robot would just kind of like modern AI. They just ask these, you know, rote questions, uh, say things of what we teach it to tell them or ask them. And they have to go through these, these same, same questions, same routine, just like scene after scene. Uh, And you can tell like, there's this like disconnect of humanity. And so there's a disconnect with integrating into the Republic. I don't know. But of course I watched it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is awfully like saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so that, I mean- uh, that's not a real life example. That's another narrative example. And uh, I think that I think people, artists, art, that's their job. It's like to look at a pattern and project it into the future. 
um, that's part of what it is. I mean, part of how you, we see reality is like we're kind of hallucinating it just before things happen based upon our expectations. This is why this is how people can learn to hit a hundred mile an hour fastball. Um, you know, because there's a like at first, if you if you and I got in the batter's box with a hundred mile an hour fastball, we wouldn't see it. But when you train yourself to get ahead of it and watch the body language and anticipate how fast it's going, I know this because I played volleyball growing up, and uh, as I climbed the ranks, people would hit harder and harder. And uh, every once in a while, you get up to a level, you're like, I didn't even see that one. That was amazing. Uh, if that was my face, it would have been blown off. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, but you you catch up, you catch up, and so there's a way. Um, there's a way artists like do that a little, I think uh, they guess a little further, maybe hopefully. Um, so in this particular story, it's more of an isolated example of a problem in the world. And so there's the, you know, people, I think it's sci-fi. We worry about this totalitarian um, sort of power that can come with um, technology because now where you have to have authority and then you have to convince people, you know, to, to follow your authority and give it legs into the world. Right. So if I have an idea and I want to get people to act it out, I would have to go and, you know, I couldn't force them to do it. I'd have to convince them to do it. And they'd do it with me voluntarily. Like if you're at the playground, you're going to make a game and you're like, okay, I got to get all these people to play. No one's compelled to play. How do I convince them to do it voluntarily? So the thing people think about now is like, Oh, with the government, the, the world, of the future is going to be, um, they just don't let you go anywhere. They force everything. And there's going to be that aspect. There's going to be that aspect. The, the problem is there's an implicit aspect that may be even more dangerous because you're not aware of it, of how the modern world is shaping and controlling you, especially as a consumer. So um, we don't we don't know this. You know, we've talked about this before with stories, but the idea that like, um, you know, entertainment in general, it, it, where the stories were seen as a way to show the hidden meaning in the world and to condense things for us and to give us, uh, you know, something better to live by and look at that we get lost in the details of our life, just, you know, keeping ourselves fed and, and working and maintaining friendships. So we miss these kind of bigger picture and stories kind of bring that back into focus and entertainment yes. did that. And not just about passing on morals. That's the most boring aspect of stories, but about showing us like, what's the real, like, what's really going on in the world and how should I really be? And what, what would it be like to be a hero and give me a reason to be brave? Um, so entertainment became a commodity. It just did. It, it became an exchange of money for entertainment. Um, and, you know, that when it's just purely entertainment, it's going to get weird um, because now you're, um, people are think, seeing it as escapism as opposed to like this amazing insight wisdom it's getting passed on through the story they're seeing it as like okay well that's not the real important i want to leave happy my job sucks i'm in a prison all day i want to get to leave the prison and i want to go have a good time um so there became this drug exchange uh, so really if you look at our culture you exchange you know if you look at everything you're you're the world's filled with drug dealers like everything's a drug and the story deals with that heavily wow. that's why like psychedelic and psychedelic colors are a big part of the theme is that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm in the mood to see a horror movie. Why? Because I'm in the mood to get a certain fix, certain feeling. I want that a rush, right? Mm -hmm. And so you get, you pull up your app and you go to your dealer and you find out where the closest theater is and who's peddling it. I'm not saying that it's bad to go to see the movies, but if you start paying close attention, like everything's like this weird exchange of, um, you know, drugs. Like even how a car sold to you, it's not necessarily on the actual functions and features of the car. It's an emotional decision they're trying to get you to make. Uh, so the the world is uh, filled with drugs and um and not just the narcotics and, and of course in the medical industry these things are expanding exponentially um and drugs becoming legalized so uh all this I'm fine with but people need to use their heads 
right? So you need to use your head. You need to understand what's being what's happening. You're being disconnected for the purpose of being easier to be sold to. Because if you're the best insulation you have against being like materialistically driven um, and to be driven by things and that are presented to you like a drug is real relationship because nothing beats real connection and real love. That's like, you're not going to convince a person out of that. Um, if, if they're really experiencing real community and, and real love and real marriage and real relationship or something like that. So, um, you know, that's the, the antidote is there, but so like if, as the more we get separated, the more we get isolated, the more we choose to isolate, um, we're, we become more and more vulnerable. So I guess part of like, um, I think part of what's happening in the story is like, we're working that out. So in this particular story, it's the implicit side of control, meaning like the Pied Piper, the one who plays the whistle and gets you to follow the, the fact that we're moving into a world technologically and where they can just give you all the things you like to get your fix and you have to follow them and you have to stay with them to get it. You have to follow the caravan across the desert to get, um, you know, to, to get their thing. And you will do it voluntarily. That's the thing. They, they, no one would even need to track your phone. They wouldn't need to track anything. They wouldn't need to have this control. They just find all these things that you're absolutely addicted to and they bait you along into submission, um, into following and into compliance. Um, so that's part of where the scene that takes place in the story is that there's this giant city where the masses of people pull it along because there's no stable ecosystems left in the world. And so they have to move mm. their entire civilization to where the rain is. Um, so this is wow. how, how do you get people to do that for you? It's like, well, you give them everything. You give them you give them everything. So uh, psychedelics, I think, are a big pro part of the problem heading forward. I don't think people see this. They only see the upside of it. And I there's I think there's there's an upside. Um, I don't want to you know, invite people to that upside. I haven't done them myself. Um, but there, you know, you, you encourage, you encounter psychedelic things all the time, whether you know it or not, even just the way images are repeated, even the way, mm -hmm. like even the way uh, a hypnotist shakes that watch in front of you, he's got time and he's moving time back and forth in front of you. Right. And the pace of life has a hypnotic quality to it. Now, the way we move, the way we keep moving, the way we don't have downtime, the way you're still on your phone, playing an app on the toilet, wherever you are, you're, you're just in this hypnotic pace of life. So, um yeah. psychedelics uh you know they offer insight without without the structure to support it and so i the people i know that are on i know as soon as i they start talking to me like before they tell me i tell them this is the only way to help them to understand that there's a problem because you have to tell them before they tell you it's like okay listen you've been doing psychedelics you're you're prideful about what you've seen and you're not connecting it properly to the rest of the world and the rest of creation in fact actually you have more like maybe uh, a lower view of of the world and humanity now and less optimism mm -hmm. right so there's this like this, all these weird things go along with it in psychedelic use and i mean people don't realize is that psychedelics can be introduced against them like if i'm a, a political leader or your leader and i have a way of introducing a psychedelic experience to you every time i appear or i'm around or you hear from me or mm -hmm. i deliver a message or an edict um you're going to listen happily and you're going to have this religious experience when you talk to me and it, it might be too powerful for people to understand or, or to be controlled as, as these things get introduced subtly over time. Um, but I don't see why they wouldn't. So in this story, it's totally the idea is not this. The totalitarian control is is now secret and the implicit control is hmm. forward um, in this world. And so the songs deal with that. And so I think it's an underrecognized problem. And as an artist, like if you're going to talk about a problem, you've got to exaggerate it so people can see what's really going on with this uh -huh. 
with this weird drug exchange we have with our pushers in uh, the modern world. Now, do you do you come out and actually say drugs and psychedelics, or do oh, you yeah. have like a way? Of, well, like... no, I say drugs. Yeah, I do actually. In one of the songs, yeah, I talk about it. Okay. Um, and uh, well, so so the problem is so in, in the story, this could be a little confusing. What I'm talking about because the record starts off in the second act of Dead Horse when the saints are on the earth and the conditions leading to that. So it kind of starts within that world. There's this cataclysm. Um, there's a song called our first song is called Political. And it's just about how the over-politicization of everything allowed for this sort of totalitarian system to come in. There was too there was too much conflict. There was no narrative to resolve it. And so power was the way to resolve it. Um, so there's uh there's there's that. And then um there's a song called Cry Wolf. And it talks about like if it's just the experience I have every time I turn on the television, never mind in the story, but it's like, oh, good news, the sky's falling again. Yay. Like, okay, yeah, great. Yay. Good. Like I'm raising my kids into a world that's going to be filled with nuclear waste or, you know, it's just whatever it is. Like that's, I picked an odd one there. Um, But I, you know, uh, you just, it's like, Hey, look, here's the next thing. The next pandemic's on its way. Like the, you know, the world right, health organization right. loves to tease this. And so does Bill Gates. And so, um, you know, everything is about that. It's about the, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And you know, people are already exhausted from the last time the sky fell. And here we are. So uh, in our story, there's a certain there's a certain number of people that are um, there's a certain group of people that are a problem because they've kind of figured out how to get out of the system. And but they're very good at hiding it. So that's mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. where the story begins. Okay, so you said it was Act Two of Dead Horse. So is it kind of like this story that's nested within the story of Dead yeah, Horse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh -huh. if you, if you look at the track uh, listing on Dead Horse, there's uh, you know Theodora and Cal go to sleep for a hundred years and they wake up in 2077. So mm -hmm. that would be the sec. That's the beginning of the second act of Dead Horse. And so that all that okay. whole part of the story takes place all the way up until the song "It Tore Your Heart Out" takes place in the year 2077. So this record starts there and then starts to tell the story in this large gap mm -hmm. uh, where Thea and Cal hibernate for a thousand years and uh, they go full Rumpelstiltskin, except they don't age <laughs> and uh, they hibernate. So that's a fun part, pattern of the story of Rumpelstiltskin. If you look at it, it's like a it's a they stole like this old Dutch story and, and made it take place in the Americas. But Rumpelstiltskin, the guy is lazy, doesn't want to work, and he's living in under this um, monarchy in England. And he suddenly, uh, you know, falls asleep for a very, very, very long time and wakes up and America is a free country. It's it's rebelled against the, you know, so it's like it's like falling asleep for long periods of time is a way to fast forward to see what the pattern came to. Mm. You know? And so but this deals with what was going on. You know, how did we get from 2077 to 3077 is the story we're telling this time. Right. OK, I see that. I'm looking at the song list right now. So it's like 2077. By the way, Theodora is uh, one of my favorite songs from that album. It's a very oh, okay. gorgeous cool. song. Gorgeous. Very cool. Thank you. I'm kind of a sucker for the grand piano, so I was really grateful that uh, the Dead Horse sound was so uh, predominant with piano. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. There's we got piano coming everywhere. There's now there's more like so. Okay, so here's the problem. I moved to the Daytona Beach area, and Daytona Beach is like it's like an old VHS track with its tracking <laughs> off. Like, you know, it's VHS tape with the tracking just kind of skipping. And there's something like kind of that run just down. happened to my VHS player. That's so funny. Oh, to mention that. oh yeah. Anyway, no, okay, the, so the VHS players. VHS. No, no. But I like I like analog mediums. I, I think the things sound better when they're spinning for some reason. Um, So the uh, uh, 
VHS tape. So like yeah, Daytona Beach is kind of like that. It like everything like this, like, you know, Portlandia was a spirit of Portland. Uh, spirit of the 90s is alive in Portland. Spirit of the 80s is alive in Daytona. Uh-huh. So just the sights and sounds, the, the colors, um, the kind of places they have. They're actually I think Daytona is on an upswing. It's still the world's most famous beach, according to uh, mm-hmm. itself. Um, because when <laughs> old, they know what it is, uh, and it, it might have something to do with the racing. So it's it's okay, not that like, similar from Louisville in the sense that we had the Kentucky Derby, we had these big racing events every year. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but anyway, there's just something about it where I'm driving around and everything. In the, there's constantly like a a vapor wave slash synth wave, new wave soundtrack. Uh, yeah, yeah. I put '80s music on, it just feels better, and it is having an influence on me. Like the colors of the sunsets here and the pastels and the neon colors. Uh, so yeah it's totally it's totally influenced my record i don't know if i'll ever be able to get out of it um as long as i live here because you know when you drive around and listen to when i was driving around listening to queen of the night when i was working on it like you know you have to go listen to your mixes it just didn't fit it didn't fit the area so uh Mm. this record fit the area so there's something where like so the when you hear you'll hear pianos on here you won't hear you'll hear a piano that sounds like it was recorded on vhs tape because it was probably recorded on the VHS tape. Um, so oh, that's cool. what you'll hear. And so you'll hear the tracking. That's the best of both. And you'll hear the, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, anyway, that's uh, that's part of the sound of this. Um, I mean, I could, you know, we can watch a little bit of a video um, I have for our first, I guess we don't, we won't really call it a single because we don't push things to radio, but we have a focus track because a lot of the mediums um, uh, like Spotify and stuff want a track to focus on when you release your record. Uh, so our our focus track is called "To the Heights," and uh, you you can see the the VHS quality to the song if you listen. Yeah, our future selves can like splice it in for the listening yeah. audience. No, that's what we do. We just did it right there. Oh yeah, we did it. We did it, we we did it already. <laughs> well, that's it. That's the song. There it is. <laughs> yeah. That's the sound of Daytona Beach in my mind now. The oh, uh, yes, synthwave sunset. Yeah, great. Uh, well, I'm wearing a uh, synthwave, a vaporwave uh, oh, Alaska shirt in honor nice. of Dead Horse. Yeah, um, but anyway, that's what I got going on. So yeah, that's our record. We got. Um, I'm excited about it. The again, the second half comes out. Um, second part of the year uh we always have high hopes that our, our fans will like it i try to leak it out this time more so i try to treat all the songs like they're their own character and so i built a bunch of art around that i've been spending the last month doing that and so on social media we present the songs as slightly different versions of the same universe and give it its own personality now, do you um, mean like a like a marketing arc yeah like, like marketing art yeah exactly well i mean but it's more than that for me it's like i need something to talk about this music and then I sit down to make something and I don't just make something. I do what I always do where it's like I, my curiosity gets going. I want to fall in love with what I'm making. I end up spending more time on it than I meant to originally. So hmm. if you follow us on Instagram, you can kind of see that. Um, but I'm using a blend of stuff and, and people get really mad because sometimes I'm using some AI stuff because it fits the story because there's deep faking in the story. Um, and so it's just interesting, like, but every software is integrating AI into it, like Photoshop's new beta. You can just AI generate things into your picture now and remove things with AI. And so for the people that are pushing back against this, it's like you're 
you're going to get really mad really fast because mm. and and it, too you won't even notice it anymore it's just but it's just like everything that's happened like i mean synths came around some people get mad about synths drum machines i remember the first time i heard a sampler uh kurtzweil people were like oh this is going to replace orchestras and oh, we look back in time and like drum machines they're still drummers they're everywhere the drums yep. just become more accessible uh, it's like, oh, there's still orchestras. There's still incredible orchestral musicians, but the orchestra just became more accessible. Um, you know, people drive cars and they still walk. And so I don't think AI art is going to produce um, like an inability for really quality artists to make physical art anymore. I don't see that interrupting that at all. In fact, it might have more value over time. So like when, you know, when plugins, when when gear in a studio went digital and they made these digital versions um, it only upped the value of only up the value of the quality products of the past. Suddenly, these things mm. became rare and must-haves, and their price went way up. And so, um, everything except VHS tapes. Yeah, well, the well, they're you know, fifty cents. That, there's something about being obsolete too. That's like you know, but the idea that humans become obsolete in our taste is just not a thing. Like if you've as soon as you try to play with the AI art, you're like amazed and disappointed simultaneously. You're like, that was so fast. And it actually has like a decent amount of taste, except it's so arbitrary and it's so difficult to control, like even with learning the prompting, like it's so difficult to control what you're seeing. It's like you have this film crew and nobody listens to you enough, just a little bit. And mm -hmm. so like everything's a little off the vision. So, um, you know, it was super disappointing in that capacity right now um, as someone who wants like has a very specific thing in their head so sometimes I'll generate elements and I'll bring them in and I work like a collage artist now I don't really I don't really put pen to paper much except for laying out composition of things and so um, you know but that anyways AI is just the art's going to be everywhere the problem with AI is really the combination of all these things it's when you take the video AI the deep faking stuff the language faking stuff you combine mm -hmm. that with chat GPT I mean, literally, we could have someone run for president who's not real, and you would never know, like, within a year. Yeah. You could have a presidential candidate who doesn't exist. I mean, ChatGPT might be running things right now. We don't know it, like, something like that. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to present terrible problems. I mean, we don't really deal with this on the record, but, the you know, the idea that, like, the your identity is going to become incredibly insecure. It just is. Like, mm. and they're going to be, there's going to have to be some kind of digital ID. And you're going to log on through a government portal and you're never going to know if you're seeing the real internet again. You're just not. So you have to have some kind of life outside that grounds you so that you're like, if you're in deep relationships with people, um, you're going to have more that'll send up red flags when you're being lied to and being tricked and being duped. So well, it starts uh, making sense that you're going to be publishing this on vinyl as well. So <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, I like the sound of records still. I yeah, mean, me too. They me sound too. good. And uh, with Dead Horse, we were able to get a lot of low end on that record without the needle skipping. Um, and yeah, nice. uh, and so that's the thing. You know, you lose like you get used to the model. Where you get used to that. Like you know, you're you're not that you're driving around with vinyl in your car, but your trunk rattling when you have good low end. And uh, <laughs> uh, so the uh, the so I I just don't like the vinyl. Sometimes sounds a little anemic, and I was able to. Uh, I was able to get it to behave differently because there's limitations of the physical medium, how much low. Right. There's only so deep you can make the groove go. Yep. Right. And then, or before yeah. the needle pops off the groove, once you make it, you know, yeah. shake too hard. Okay. Well, uh, all right. So I, I'm looking forward to listening to the music. Hope everybody yeah, else put links is. in the description for people. Yeah. Well, if this is, you could listen to this after it came out, we can put 
the links to the actual music. Yeah. And we'll just do like an explosion of banners just all over the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Neil. Well, yeah. uh, okay. Take care. Yeah, good times, man. Bye. <laughs>